This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. The Exchange's main purpose is to help online brands discover the tactics and strategies that will lead to better customer retention. And too often we think of those as email, support, and loyalty programs. But product development is arguably the best retention tool in your toolbox, especially if you're selling high-value goods or low-purchase frequency items. Today we're talking all about product development, how to do it effectively, on time, and in a way that gives you the best product launches for your marketing team. Today, we have someone that I love nerding out about e-commerce with. We have Audrey Duby, e-com ops and product development manager at Moore & Giles. Welcome to the show, Audrey. Thanks, Alex. Hey, Tim. Hey. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, for those who aren't familiar, could you give our listeners uh, a quick summary of Moore & Giles and what you sell? Sure. So we are an 80-year-old leather company that started back in the Great Depression. Lynchburg was a large shoe manufacturing town. And so our founders decided that they wanted to become the suppliers. And so it started within shoe manufacturing leather. And then we've expanded. Now we're in high-end residential design, furniture, airplane leather. There's a lot within there. I work for the finished goods side, uh, which is really a startup. So we wanted to highlight natural leathers on very classic, beautiful bags, home goods and furniture. Awesome. And in the SaaS world, we're talking a lot about product development and product management today. And I feel like that is a discipline that is super, super common in the SaaS, in the tech world, but obviously not as common in the e-com world. Do you mind giving our listeners like a quick overview of the discipline before we go into why it's so important? Basically, like what are you doing over there? So I'm not designing, to be clear. We have a really talented director of design and design team. Product development, especially within the e-com world, is working with all of the manufacturers, working to create the samples, merchandise, and then work on how to launch the products. So working with the marketing team, production teams, and really being that glue everywhere between multiple teams. And in the SaaS world, I feel like it's very similar. Yeah, and I, and I feel like we're starting to see a lot of brands add product managers, and and, and you know I know we're comparing um, comparing it to the SaaS and the tech space. Why, why do you think there's been such a lag between tech and e-com and adding that type of talent and that type of role to the organization? I think mainly because brands are focusing on their design and marketing, and I understand that completely. Um, so there's a little bit of lag time, and now as you're seeing e-com pick up. And seeing all of these brands trying to push out more and more to their customers, it's a key part of the development stage and production stage. And I, I feel like also having someone, uh, to, to your point earlier, who sort of owns the launch and owns working across all the marketing teams. Like, what did it look like beforehand? Um, but, you know, and maybe this is specific to, to your organization, but how, how did that look before there was a defined role for that? It could go either way. It could be a mishmash or it could go really successfully. And ideally, we wanted to be more agile, similar to tech space, um, and respond to what our customer needs were. And so you need everybody. You want the design team to be focused on the design. You want the marketing team to be focused on the marketing team. But you really do need somebody in that space. And luckily, my own background spoke to that. I love that. You end up being the glue between the different teams there. And that's very similar to like the tech and 
tech space. Like that's that's what our product team is all about here at Loop as well. And you talked a little bit there about like being the voice of the customer or listening to the customer. And I know we're going to go deeper into what developing the product actually looks like and like how you're going to take something from concept to actually market. But before you even go to that concept side of things, like how do you explore new product offerings? Like, are you looking at customer info, looking at sales data, surveying your customers? How do you, how should a product manager or a product development team find that next big idea? That's a good question. Multiple sources. We do a little smattering of everything. So we look, I particularly look at historical sales data, but more than just what sold and what didn't, we also look at product categories. What did well? Does it mean that we need to design within that product category or drop that product category completely? Um, But then we also do a lot of user testing. We might develop some samples and have internal users and then some of our VIP clients test out. Um, as well as benchmark against others, and then also look for inspiration. And I think a lot of that comes from where we are in the design world for a leather, as well as when we're visiting third-party manufacturers and everything in between. So obviously design can come everywhere, but data has got to have a huge role within there. It's really interesting when you said VIP customers. So like when you're looking for people to test this out and like what's going to work, Internal is obviously going to be easy. It's easy to get your team to look at something. Do you maybe want to tell us a bit more about how you how you get the product ideas in front of those VIP customers to get their feedback? So in the beginning, we were heavy within wholesale, um, less about e-com retail space. And so a lot of the times you could show product at the show and talk to the stores that represent your brand. Um, and I think that's translated now into what we do, where we are, are either talking to similar people, similar clients, or people that have just been a part of the brand and love the brand. So we can send them images or we can send them actual physical samples to test and give us some feedback on. That's really interesting because the shift of uh, it being sort of a one larger event where that can lead to a massive amount of sales all at once or one big purchase order versus having it to be iterative and you create the product, you test the product, you sell it online, and then you start looking at all the different sources of data. How, how was that transition for your, for your team as you guys went through that? That's a good question. Cause I would think the model, the model would shift. You have people who are used to doing it one way and now you're doing it in another. I know your background sort of lends itself to the, the latter where it's more agile, but I would assume the DNA of the business was built the other way. So I'm just, I'm curious, like, how did, how did that go in the early stages? I think it was a bit tough, honestly. You know, we, we saw the journey ahead of us, but then it's just getting people involved in that. So I think it's just trying something out, being willing to try, and then keep pushing towards that path or finding out what is working and what doesn't. Um, But obviously, we have to be careful because we don't want to showcase our designs to too many people. We do want to be able to protect the brand. So I think there's a a fine line that you have to traverse there. Sure. And and with such a broad catalog of products from bags to gloves and furniture, you know, we've talked we've talked a, a little bit around the data sources you look at to decide we need to go off and create another product or another version of a existing product. How does it look? Or is there a similar process for deciding that something needs to be removed from the catalog? Yeah, I particularly get very passionate about that. (laughs) So (laughs) 
I love tracking the life cycle and the sales of items. And so there was actually something where we had a really popular briefcase that had been popular for years. And I was tracking the sales and noticing, well, those sales are actually going down. So what we did was go back to the drawing board and say, well, we all were passionate about this bag. Has it reached its limit or is there something that we need to do? And what was great was we went back and redesigned the bag, relaunched and saw those sales go up. I mean, they just flew through the roof. So there's one part to discontinuing product, which is going to happen or colors. But then there's another where you have to take into consideration, is this something that we're passionate about? And does it just need a version two? And so I think there's a combo, but you should definitely be tracking those sales and feedback uh, from your customers. That's really interesting because we're, we're thinking, hey, when you have a catalog, you kind of like need to be curating it and potentially removing something. And you're saying, hey, when you see something that's starting to lag, there's actually a huge opportunity there to pick sales back up and make some changes, maybe put some marketing behind it to actually dr- start to drive sales to that product again. And when you're looking at all of this, like who owns deciding that you need to create another product? So obviously you have like a large catalog of products, like why get into gloves? Or I think before we even started recording, we were talking about slippers. Like where does where does that come from? The decision to get into a specific product? Yeah, luckily for us, we have a huge committee approval. So it's not just one person. And so it's all of us taking inspiration. And I think that's where I wanted our team to come together and brainstorm. That was important for me. And that's where I decided to move into those sprint ideas. But our director of design is brilliant, Thomas Brennan. So he has been always thinking of new ideas. And then there's somebody on their travel saying, you know, it'd be really wonderful to have leather gloves. Shouldn't we be looking into this? So it's it's a multitude of people, but most of us are constantly thinking about that. And then from a marketing perspective, we want to be involved in the customer's lives through and through. So that's where furniture came in and home goods, dining spaces. And I think that's important to your brand as you expand. You want to be a part of your entire customer's life. And how can you do that? Love that. So we've talked a bit about where to look to find those ideas. You're going to look through your sales data, the category, like the categories of products. We're going to talk to our customers and internal stakeholders. One of like the most common things I hear from brands though is, okay, we have a great idea and then we take it to actually bring this to life and things get stalled. It gets delayed. Um, I thought it was going to launch this month and it ends up launching three months after I thought it was going to. So how do you make sure that you have everyone there that needs to be a part of this and like you're putting the right people, the right resources in place to make sure that you're not only bringing that idea to life, but you're doing it in kind of like a predictable and on-time way? I can't say that we found the exact answer because <laughs> it's difficult. And then the world pandemic happens, right? So factory shut down. So there's things outside of your control, but that's where I think brands should be looking into product development managers because you do want somebody that is looking at all of this. But this is also where I decided our team needs to come together on a sprint method. So we do a lot of brainstorming ahead of time. We do a huge presentation of ideas where people then vote and then we're able to prioritize. From there, that's where we decided, okay, we'll do a 12-week sprint. And at the end of that, we had so many samples to be able to present and show but it doesn't stop there. 
you know, you need to be make sure that your marketing understands which seasons are launching, what items are launching when, is production ready, how are we going to do this? And then think all the way through to fulfillment returns. What is that going to look like for that item? So it's it's a lot and really it speaks back to strategy. You have to be thinking about the strategy overall. Audrey, a conversation that you and I had before, we were talking about the pandemic and obviously being in leather bags and having that be such a strong product for you, the pandemic was not kind to those types of purchases. Did that change product development's approach for this year and kind of like going forward with how you're thinking about what comes next and what you build? So much, so much. (laughs) Um, So our bread and butter were briefcases and travel bags originally those sales decreased significantly during 2020. Nobody was going into work or traveling on a plane. So um, what was so interesting was that we decided instead of looking at all of our numbers, we threw that all out the window and said, now we're going to develop and design and throw all of the ideas at the wall and see what sticks. And I actually think it brought some levity to the situation. We were able to talk through What do we need to do? How do we still stay in front of our customers? How do we still showcase natural leathers? And that's where this spring we were actually able, we, the idea came for dining chair and tablescape options. And so that's where the ideas came in that we just launched uh, with placemats, table settings, napkin rings. And I don't know that we would have had that idea if we hadn't had had the situation that came across. Sure. I mean, and it, 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 it sounds like your team was primed to be able to pivot into something like that because of the fact that you had the the sprint methodology, the agile planning methodology. Um, whereas before, if something like this happened and you were in that wholesale model of, you know, depending on big purchases, uh, it, it probably wouldn't have gone as smoothly when you guys were trying to make that pivot. Yeah, I think it was important. And part of what I've learned from agile methodology or sprint methodology was having the same goal all together. And that was a big deal for everybody to say, we need more. We need to make sure that we are a part of our customers' lives still. And from there, design flew and we were just able to see all of these ideas. So exactly to your point, it was a really incredible experience and a good thing to come out of. What are we going to do? <laughs> and Audrey, when you're talking about a sprint, um, just for people who are maybe listening who aren't familiar with the terminology, do you want to quickly define what a sprint is and how long of a sprint do you use at uh, Moore & Giles? Yeah, so I'm not as knowledgeable on it, but from my knowledge, um, a sprint is going to be a set amount of time. You come together with a goal in terms of what needs to happen. And so typically in tech, sprints are much shorter periods of time because you want to be able to accomplish something. And you're really trying to take a complex project and move it into bite-sized pieces. For us, physical product takes a longer amount of time. And so I establish a 12-week lead time because any of the ideas that we presented and prioritized as what we wanted to see, I knew they were going to take a few rounds of sampling to get where we really wanted to be able to show everyone. So Ideally, it would be we see the idea and it comes in a week later. Obviously, with physical product, it's just not going to work that way. And leather, natural leather is amazing and volatile and you have to you have to design around it. So there's some challenges involved there. So it's about a 12-week sprint period? Yes, 12-week. Maybe to go a little bit even more specific, at what point during the sprint? Because if, 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 if the product team is responsible for launches 
at what point in the sprint planning do you guys, over that 12-week period, do you start really planning for the launch and pulling people together? It was sort of towards the middle. So around six to seven weeks is when we started seeing what was coming in, what was successful. Some ideas that we thought were just going to kill it didn't. You know, the samples were coming in and we realized it was going to take some tweaking. So that kind of naturally showed where we need to prioritize, well, this is going to have to be in this next season while something else might have to be pushed out later. And then there were some things where we were seeing sales and realizing, okay, people are investing within their home pieces. And that's where this dining collection suddenly became, it wasn't the top priority. And then it became a top priority. We said, yes, people want to sit around the table safely. And that's where we want to be a part of. So in that midpoint there, when you start to think about the launch, like what does bringing marketing into the equation look like? Because obviously we need to build the product. We need to have a product to sell, but we can't just, I mean, I don't think a product's just going to sell itself unless you guys have figured out a magical formula over there to just list it on the site and have it explode off the virtual shelves. But <laughs> when do you, when do you bring marketing into that plan? And like, what does maybe like, maybe tell us a little bit about that handoff there, like, okay, this product's going to be ready. Now we have marketing, bring it into a launch. We we keep them updated throughout of here's some ideas, here's the calendar, here's what it's sort of looking like. And then once we really started looking at, okay, we're serious about these products launching in the spring, we actually do an official handoff. So our director of design talks to them, speaks about the design background that went into a piece and then they are able to ask questions and it starts to form in their mind what kind of story they're going to tell. Um, so again, it's coming together, communicating, talking about all the pieces and seeing the selection in general, I think is extremely helpful for them. The handoff is always really important for sure, because that's where things can get a little bit messy. I, I, it's great that you guys always like with the sprint, everyone has a common goal. So at least that part can't get lost in translation, but making, making the handoff from product to marketing, whether it's in a physical product setting like what you guys are dealing with, or even in, in the tech space, that's always the point where there can be some friction, uh, where there can be some things lost in translation. So beyond that, um, you've probably, I'm sure you've handled countless launches at this point. What's what's your number one tip for a successful launch? There's a lot of things. Um, communication to your customers is key. So we've now done some launches where some of the items aren't quite ready at launch. And so we put them on pre-order with a deadline on when it'll ship to your customer. And that's super important. We've seen the sales increase and we've, we've, we're essentially creating a faux demand for the pieces. But that date is extremely important. And I think there's brands that do that really well where they're very transparent telling the customer. And so then you, you have to do less calling back or deciding what how you're going to handle a bad situation it's not bad now you're just pivoting it to be exciting i i would assume doing doing the pre you know seeding the market with the like the the pre-orders uh that probably puts quite a bit of pressure on the product development process i would assume uh to be because to put a date out there that's you're, you're really committing with customers when you do that so have I don't know, any advice for brands who haven't done something like that before? Because that's 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 putting yourself out there when you put a date out. Yeah, it's putting yourself out there. So calculate all the lead times that you need to understand. So the shipping lead time from your factory, the receiving lead time at your fulfillment center, the estimated shipping lead time if, if your customer is from California, but you're shipping out of New York, what does that look like? So as much as information that you can gather 
and then put that that date out there and that communication out there to the customer, I think that's important. I like something that you said earlier there with like making sure you're being very transparent and communicating with your customer there. If you're doing a pre-sale and like you're thinking it's going to be these dates, just like if something's going to miss, making sure that like that is getting to the customers as quickly as possible. And yeah, I've heard a bunch of horror stories with a pre-sale and then like missing that date. And people are like, oh, like hope, like kind of crossing their fingers and hoping that it's going to hit and then it doesn't. And then it just turns into a catastrophe. So I think that's really sound advice. One question that we like to ask every person that comes on the show is what brands do you look to for inspiration? So when you're thinking about product development or even a launch in marketing, like what other brands out there are you looking to for inspiration or ideas? Jenny Kane is a top favorite of mine. They launch everything. Their products has attention to detail for every aspect of the product. It's really impressive. But on top of that, their CEO, Julia Hunter, inspirational. I think she's incredible because especially last year, she was both strategic and she worked really hard. So she got gritty when when world pandemic happened, I think that was very important. But the brand in general, everything that they do is amazing. Everlane, in terms of being transparent, they put dates out there and they follow up and they <laughs> ship to those dates. I think they're really incredible. Uh, so their launches are amazing. And then smaller brands, I am very passionate about local artists. There's an artist down in Georgia, Whitney Stoddard, that her brand, she launches these individual paintings and pieces. And she's expanded her brand every time. So she takes what her her pieces are and then figures out small adjustments. And it fascinates me that she launches individual pieces and sells out so immediately. I think that's incredible and something that larger brands should try and figure out. Yeah. And we'll make sure that all of the brands that Audrey mentioned there get into the show notes so you all can check them out and Audrey, I'm going to try to do my best here to wrap up everything that we said um, into some top tips for everyone. So when you're looking at product management or product development, there is a lot to learn from the tech and the SaaS space that can be applied to e-commerce. And in your opinion, we're actually seeing the move to that type of methodology in e-commerce. And the reason we need that is because there needs to be this glue between like products actually being created, being able to get out there in the market through the marketing team. And in your specific case, it's kind of the glue between the design team, the creation, and the marketing team when it gets out there to launch. And being able to work in a sprint or an agile environment, it's not necessarily the framework per se, but it's being able to work towards a common goal and being able to put a timeline on everything so that you can start to think about your lead times and everything that needs to go in from concept all the way to launching something. And in terms of the actual launch itself, being able to put a date there and potentially a pre-sale. And when you're operating with dates, make sure you are absolutely as transparent as you can possibly be with your customers. It's great to use a date, but if you miss that, it can be a catastrophe. Anything that you want to add to the top tips for our listeners? Oh, you said that better than I could. <laughs> all right. When is there anywhere where people can maybe connect with you further, Twitter, LinkedIn, a blog, anywhere where people can follow along? Sure. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Medium. I posted the an article about the sprint process for physical product. And obviously follow Morin Giles on Instagram and morangiles.com. I saw that you guys have a podcast now too. Yes, we do. Nothing to hide. Favorite title of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
So perfect. Well, we'll make sure that um, all those ways to connect with Audrey, make it into the show notes as well. So you guys can continue the conversation. I follow Audrey on LinkedIn and she posts some fantastic content there. So make sure you follow her there. Audrey, thanks so much for joining us today. This was an amazing episode. Sure. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Tim. That's been The Exchange, presented by Loop, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.